Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hi, and welcome to the Mom Struggling Well podcast. My name is Emily Thomas, and I am a mom on a mission to get a new perspective. Y'all, I am not proud of it, but I spent far too long waiting for my daily irritations to resolve before the good times can begin. And I'm thinking the struggles are just going to keep coming, so I might as well get a new plan. God promises if we persevere through our daily struggles, our character will be built and we'll end up with a hope that doesn't disappoint. And I don't know about you, but my hardest days happen when I've lost sight of that hope. So if that's your story too, join me each week as I interview someone who has passed from just struggling to struggling well. Episode 15 here. Christmas is basically coming in a couple minutes and I have not wrapped a single gift. Frankly, I've bought them and I hid them throughout the year and I don't exactly know where they are. So um, I have my work cut out for me in the next couple of days. I told the kids if I can't find them, we'll just have a scavenger hunt and it'll just be Christmas in a new way. So I asked you guys for your feedback about what you want to hear more of, and I'm so thankful for all of you who have responded. I'm working a way to line those up, but I just want to give you a sneak peek at the topics that are covered in the next couple weeks that have already got recorded. We have artist moms, moms who have special need kids, moms who are overcoming addictions, and moms who have small businesses. Make sure to subscribe in iTunes so you don't miss any of them. And I'd really love it if you'd share the show with a mom friend of yours. The friends that I bring on my show are just so genuine after our chats I feel pumped up and I really want other moms to feel the same way so as your Christmas present to me because I know you wanted to get me one go ahead and announce your love of the show like over Christmas dinner or better yet when you find an unattended iPhone just go ahead and subscribe them to the show real quick doesn't cost them anything and just think of it as a service you're providing them real quick I wanted to thank Jamie from Oregon for her review she said it's been so refreshing to hear the life stories and struggles of each speaker the stories are inspiring but at the same time you interject with honest and real struggles that we all have I'm so encouraged by each one yay Jamie I'm so happy to hear that and I'm jealous that you're from Oregon I've always wanted to be from Oregon for some strange reason Okay, you guys, today you're going to really love hearing from my friend Kathy. She has wise words and also her accent is lovely. We cover her very interesting location and motivation for choosing to do a half marathon. Her new role that she's stepping into that has never been on her radar and her heart for telling women the truth so they'll stop believing lies. She also shares about a resurrected dream that she thought had died a long time ago. You're really going to enjoy this, so let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yes. So what time is it over there? It's seven o'clock at night here. It is two o'clock on Monday afternoon. Okay. So you're in the future. I am. So I can tell you Monday morning starts off great. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. I need to know that. So tell us about you and your family. Who are your people? Okay, I am married to Phil and we've been married for 19 years now. Wow. I know, right? We have two kids, Jack 
Jackson is 17 and he's just finished high school. So he is off to Wintech next year, which is kind of like a university. And okay. he's going to be doing culinary arts. So he's going to become a chef. Okay. And Gracie is 15 and she's just started her big exams. So she's finished school for the year okay. and she starts her exams today, actually. So so the whole year, school year ends in November? In November for them. Yep. So our school year runs from February to December. Okay. And we have our big Christmas holiday. We have two months off over our summer. Okay, so right now, so you're in New Zealand for people who don't know uh-huh. what exactly is going on. You're yes. in New Zealand and it's sure. summer there right now. It is. It's definitely coming into summer. It is warming up here. Okay, so you never in your life have had a white Christmas. I had one white Christmas the year we lived in America. Okay. Loved it. Made all the movies make sense. Uh, that's so funny. I know you're a really big Christmas fan. Oh, yes. Have you already decorated? Well, we've actually just shifted house last week. So a lot of the stuff's still in boxes, but I'm just slowly getting stuff. Out. They're just doing the real subtle sort of easing into Christmas for the family. Okay. When do you usually start decorating when it's not, you've just moved? I try and start middle of November. Okay. But it's definitely done by the start of December. Okay. That's great. And so when you come here, because you were just here, you know, a couple months ago. I was. And you see everything and there's Christmas and then there's snow on everything that says Christmas. Is that a problem for you? We don't really do the snowman thing over here. Um, obviously, well, you because can. It, it doesn't snow <laughs> yeah. at Christmas. Yeah. So I tend to stay away from the snowman type thing but yeah reindeers and Santas are all good yes I remember when you came here and stayed with me there was so much Christmas Christmas (laughs) things purchased I love that uh yeah there was there was so okay I have a question I want to know the most unusual thing you've ever eaten the most unusual thing I've ever eaten I loved your story about this (laughs) I would have to say that was um in Uganda we took our kids there a couple of years ago to meet our sponsor kids we've got two kids that we sponsor over there yeah and it's not through compassion who's it through it's through um it's i remember it wasn't something i had heard of before but it's like a compassion kid right yeah it is it's just a, it's a new zealand sort of version of that okay. yeah we went over to meet our our two kids okay so they're roughly the same ages as our kids love that we did the same thing with our compassion kids yeah it was it was life-changing it was really really cool but we went to the village where our sponsor boy was and as a thank you they wanted to present us with a live chicken okay which was really amazing and you know, we knew that it was going to be a couple of months worth of salary for them. So we were a little oh, bit nervous taking it. Yeah. But they said we had to because we would offend them if we didn't. Mm. So they presented us with this live chicken. They actually presented it to Jackson because he was the eldest son. Okay. So there was this big ceremony and he got handed this chicken and he's like, Mum, what do I do with it? And I'm like, well, we need to take it with us in the car. <laughs> so we took this chicken and we put it in a plastic bag so it wouldn't poop everywhere. And but it's still it's alive. Not, it's still alive. Okay. And we took it back to the base where we were staying and we sort of gave it to them and, they, and we said, what do we do with it now? And they were like, oh, my goodness, this is a big honor. We're going to have a feast tonight. Oh, wow. Okay. And they were like, Jackson, would you like to do the honor of chopping its head off? Oh, my goodness. And Jackson was like, mm, yeah, no, thank you. How old was he at that point? 13. Okay, wow. So didn't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, but what they do is, is you know, over here, if we were going to present a chicken, we would roast it and we would, you know, just give all the nice white meat and stuff. Okay. Over there, they take the feathers off and then they just use a big machete and they just chop everything. Okay. So you get the neck and the bones and the guts and the... Everything and they just put it in a pot and boil it. Okay. Yeah. So this was a this was a real honor for us. Like they don't eat chicken a lot, like every sort of few months. And so we were we were the guest of honor, so 
we got first offer of the chicken. Mm-hmm. It was very um, crunchy and then it was very chewy and then it was kind of slimy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Wow. And I know you're a picky eater, you mentioned. So yeah. That must have um, been there tricky. were a few nights in Uganda we weren't actually quite sure what we were eating and it was safer just not to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, the chicken with yeah. the bones and all was definitely the most out there thing I've ever eaten. And it's tricky when there's all that pressure to like make some pleasant facial expressions. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we didn't want to offend them. And I kind of went over there going, right, I'm going to immerse myself in the culture and do everything that they do. But when you're there, wow, yeah. it's, uh, it's a bit different. Yeah. When we were in China, we we were in Beijing and we ate scorpion. Wow. And they have them on sticks. Then you can buy like a stick of three scorpions and they're fried and stuff. And so we were with my mom. And so me and my husband and my mom each ate a scorpion. And it was, I mean, there's no taste. There's nothing redeeming about <laughs> it at all. It's just the exoskeleton and it's oily. It was terrible. And then my mom, bless her heart. I mean, she just was in it to win it. Like she's like, I am doing this. And I basically did it because I didn't want my husband to have done it. And I I didn't do it. And he could always say, I ate a scorpion. You didn't. Yeah, yeah. But now you can say that you've done it. I can. And it was terrible. And then we found out, to make matters worse, that's just a tourist thing to do. That's not even anything (laughs) Chinese people do. So I really basically ate a scorpion for no reason. (laughs) I love it. Terrible. So I saw something on your blog that I did not know about you. Uh And I loved, speaking of food, that you decided over McDonald's to run a marathon. Oh, I ran a half marathon. Oh, half a marathon. Yes. Over McDonald's. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) Tell me about that. I love McDonald's. Um, In New Zealand, we don't have a lot of fast food options like you guys have. And so McDonald's has kind of been my my thing. Um, Actually, I was the very first child in New Zealand to have their birthday party at McDonald's. No way! Yeah, so they opened McDonald's where I lived. Um, it was the first one in New Zealand and I was about to turn six. And so I had my sixth birthday party there. Wow. So that's kind of like my claim to fame. Yes. But yeah, my sister and I were sitting in McDonald's having breakfast and we had just dropped her husband to do a marathon. And we were watching all the runners run past while we were eating our fatty breakfast. <laughs> Some of the women, you know, running past without trying to be, you know, too rude, weren't very athletic okay and so we thought you know what if they can do this we can do it mm. and so my sister and I made a pact that we were going to do a five kilometer run together in a few months time okay. and so we set ourselves that goal and I literally went from couch to 5k's in a couple of months wow having never ever ran in my life before avoided it like the plague okay. um, I've had about six operations on my knees and so I always use that as as an excuse but I just thought I'm going to do this and so many people kind of you know smiled at me and just said oh yep that's a that's a great goal thinking that that I wasn't going to do it Yeah. yeah and so I thought right I'm going to prove these people wrong and so I trained and I trained and I trained and I rewarded myself with McDonald's and then I trained some more <laughs> and yeah last year I ran my first half marathon oh my goodness I am not someone who likes running at all so I sound I like it. you do you like it now like is there a change that no. happened no okay yeah no I enjoy the feeling I get afterwards okay and I enjoy the fact that I can run and then eat McDonald's and not put on weight okay but it's it's one of these love hate things and does it, it's getting easier for you to run yeah yeah it definitely is like my goal for the half marathon was to one to finish it Mm -hmm. 
two to not stop and three um, to do it in a, in a good time and I did all three I didn't stop and I finished it and I was still breathing and celebrated with a Big Mac and Coke Zero and <laughs> that's so funny I was actually very proud of myself yeah did you did your sister do the half marathon with you too no she didn't 5k was her goal yes well that's great yep. I really love that story it, I would say it inspires me to do the same but I'm not ready to record that <laughs> And and that's the thing I found is it, it's a head game. You know, you've got to be in the right headspace to do mm-hmm. it. Um, I used to get up at sort of, you know, five o'clock on a Saturday morning and go for a run and train sort of five, six days a week. Wow. And I look back now and I was like, I don't even know how I did it. Yeah. But I'm so goal orientated. If I set my mind to it, then I'm going to do yes, it. That's great. Yeah. Well, speaking of something you've recently set your mind to, you are a pastor's wife now. And <laughs> when you were here and you stayed with me for a little bit, I remember you said you needed to buy a cardigan because pastor's wives wear cardigans. <laughs> and I thought that was so hilarious. Um, and so you've got your cardigan and you're wearing it. Is it everything you thought? I, 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 yeah, my, my cardigan is. I wore it wow. to church. Good. This pastor's wife is a, is a whole new thing for me. It's not something thing I ever thought that I would do you know when I dreamed of things when I was a little kid pastor's wife just was never on the radar mm-hmm. for some reason now you always mention that like you're not a pastor's wife what is it about you that makes you think you're not or what is it about a pastor's wife that you think it's not I guess poor old pastor's wife get um like there's a stereotype you know when people think of a pastor's wife they think of someone that's got it all together and their hair's neat and perfect and they wear makeup and skirts and cardigans <laughs> and and I just I don't I'm a I wear my ripped jeans and I wear t-shirts and I wear baseball caps mm-hmm. and I kind of never felt that I was you know what a pastor's wife should be okay. but God's got me on a real journey and I'm learning that I am who I am and he's called me to be who I am I can't try and be anybody else mm-hmm. and so I am just embracing it now you mentioned also that you spoke for the first time this past week was it or uh-huh. and it didn't go super duper <laughs> No, funnily enough, it didn't. <laughs> what happened? So I've spoken at women's conferences and, and done lots of stuff before, but this was the first time at our at our new church. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty nervous and I wanted to make sure that I would give it my best shot. So I practiced it for weeks. I'd, I'd written it all out and I'd gone over it and gone over it and gone over it. And I thought, I'm not going to do it off my iPad because technology is going to let me down. Okay. And so I printed off my notes, the good old fashioned, you know. Tried and true. Uh-huh. And practiced it and practiced it and and got up on the Sunday morning and I was a little bit nervous but I was kind of doing okay and I got a little ways into it and I was starting to relax and then I turned the page and there was a page missing Mm, and I froze yeah I just I just completely froze and I don't even know how long it was it felt like it was about four hours oh no and a friend got up with me and said come on Kathy you can do this and Mm. and I just stood there and I thought oh my goodness this is being recorded okay. Phil wasn't there he's going to hear this I'm just oh my goodness okay. anyway got myself back together carried on got through another few pages and then another page was missing okay. and so I just had to wing it for the rest of it it kind of didn't quite go to plan I, I prayed to God that I would be real and authentic hmm. and yeah I guess I was. <laughs> you had no um, choice. Yeah. So people kind of saw the real me. Mm. I was driving home that day and I was, you know, I was actually in tears and I was kicking myself and I'm just like, God, why? And he said to me, they needed to see that you're not perfect. Mm. 
And I was like, couldn't they have at least thought that for another <laughs> couple of weeks? Like on my very, very first time. Mm. But it was, yeah, it was actually really good. I had my first woman's event the very next night. And so I was able to joke about it with the woman and mm. tell them some other embarrassing stories that I've gone through. And it was actually really good. And it did, it made the woman see that I'm just like them. Mm. I'm just real and I'm normal and I freeze and I lose my notes and I'm not I'm not up on a pedestal just because I have this title as pastor's wife doesn't actually make me any different from them. That's great. And so God used it. How was that received by them? Did they seem to be glad? Oh, it was almost like they were relieved. Mm. They were like, oh my goodness, you are just normal. And I'm like, yeah, I am. But I think, you know, if I'd been really polished and perfect, they wouldn't have been able to relate to me. And so I think the fact that I did freeze and that I wasn't perfect just showed them that I'm normal and I'm just like them. That's so good. I'm so glad that happened. You know, I've realized I've, I've come a long way in my journey with God. You know, if that had happened years ago, I would have run off the stage crying. I would have mm. divorced Phil, so I'd never have to go back to the church yeah. and would have gone into hibernation for 20 years, you know, and vowed never to do it again. Yeah. But, you know, I've learned to laugh at myself. And so the woman and I had a laugh about it. And I'm speaking again at the end of this month. And my thinking is it can't get any worse. There you go. It can only get better. Yeah, that's so good. So you you mentioned to me that your passion is seeing women be all that God called them to be and just not settling. Yeah. I was thinking about that. And as moms, we have so much of what we can do. I think looking back before kids, I mean, the sky was the limit. What did we want? What do we want to do this weekend? I don't know. Do you want to go on a trip? Do you want to go out to eat? Mm -hmm. And then when you have kids and and they're they're blessings and they're amazing, but they 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 cause you to have to say no to a lot of things. Yeah, they do. And so then when you're saying, you know, we want to not settle, part of me feels like when you're a mom, there's so many constraints that in some ways you don't have a choice not to. So I wanted to hear how you have not settled. I think for a long while I did settle I think for a long while you know like when I first became a Christian I I did I had so many dreams and so many plans and and I thought that I was going to have to live till I was 200 just to do all the things that God had put in my heart you know Mm -hmm. and I was passionate and I was on fire and I was going to change the world and and then we had kids and and like you said you know huge blessing and I absolutely adore my kids like it's all I've ever wanted to be was a wife and mum. Uh-huh. But the dreams kind of got put on the shelf. And then somewhere along the line of changing nappies and changing towels and uh-huh. doing all those mundane things, the devil got a hold of me and just said, you know what, this is all your life is worth. Uh-huh. Don't dream anymore. Just do your domestic duties and, and forget about all those dreams that you had for changing women's lives and impacting the world. And so for a really long time, I believed those lies. I believed that this was all there was. You know, and I mean, I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do love being a mum. Mm-hmm. But my kids are teenagers now, and, you know, Jackson's talking about leaving home next year, which is a whole nother journey I'm going through. Mm. But I was praying to God the other month, actually, when we were talking about becoming pastors of this church. And he said, I was watching a podcast, and this line jumped out at me, and it was, God has heard the prayers that you no longer pray. Okay. And it really blew me away. And so God started reminding me of all these dreams I had when I was younger about, you know, running um, retreats for young women and counseling young girls. 
and seeing a woman walk into all that God has for them. And it was like God was saying, okay, you've had your season of, I guess, downtime and doubting my word, and it's time to pick it up again. And so for me, it's just the last sort of couple of months have been a real journey from um, still being a wife and mum, because that's always number one priority for me, Uh but to going, you know what, God has got so much more for me than just my family. You know, he has so many more lives for me to impact than just my immediate family okay and so he's just put this excitement in my heart again you know I really I did struggle with our kids when they were younger it was it was hard work and it was never ending and and there were some days where I just I just wanted to call it quits you know Uh but I'm sort of walked through that season and and like I said they're teenagers now and we're loving it but it's like Uh I can come alongside those younger women and just encourage them and say you know look the season is not forever you know Uh your dreams may be on the shelf but they're not gone away completely Uh there is a a time and a season for everything how how would you um, maybe encourage a mom who's in a season where she can't perhaps chase after those dreams or or just can't you know fully do it right now how did you keep the dream like kind of alive a little bit or did you do anything towards that end in the meantime or you were kind of just believing the lie that there wasn't anything else yeah for a long while I did believe the lie I just sort of thought you know um Phil and I struggle for a bit to have children and so when we did have the kids I was kind of like well I'm I'm so blessed maybe this is all God's got for me mm-hmm. and that would have been enough okay. but you know our God is a God of abundance and of full life and I just I knew there had to be more so I journaled a lot um, and it's really good to look back on those journals now and see the dreams and see the plans and see all those promises that God had given me okay. that are now coming into fruition mm. all these years later. And so I just try and encourage, especially young mums, that it is a season thing and acknowledge that it's hard. You know, yeah. it's like sometimes as women we're like, oh, no, everything's good and we're doing great and it's fine. And sometimes it is, but I think sometimes it's really important on those hard days to go, you know what, this is really hard. And phone a friend or text a friend or, you know, I often encourage a young woman, just text me and I can pray for you Mm -hmm. because, you know, I can do that. And just know that with God, there's always a new season. Yeah, I love that idea about just texting them. And I have friends that I'll just send them a message and say, can you just please pray for me? We don't have to get in a a big conversation about it because sometimes in the middle of all of it, you either can't talk about it or you just you don't feel like talking this very second, you know, and Uh just reaching out and not needing to have a big conversation is good. Yeah, and I think think as women, it's it's really nice to know that we're normal, you know, that other mums do struggle and that other mums, you know, have bad days and, and can't keep up with the laundry and and is tired of two-year-old tantrums and you know and and to know that you're not the only one going through it is actually really encouraging absolutely now you mentioned to me earlier that your mom struggles would be kind of in the areas of control and perfection uh-huh. um, and then now you have kids who are teenagers and you're needing to let them kind of go and be who God wants them to be and mm-hmm. that sounds terrible <laughs> to me <laughs> <laughs> So how are you? How How's that going? What's working for you? Most days it's going okay. Some days I, to be honest, I struggle with it. Jackson got his license last year and he bought his own car. So he's very independent. Mm. And, you know, a huge part of me wants that. You want your kids to be independent and growing up and being a, you know, proactive member of society. Right. But on the other hand, it's just like I miss those days of driving him around. I mean, at the time it drove me nuts. But, you know, now <laughs> that I don't do it, yeah. like I miss that. 
that. And so it's been a real struggle for me to give them to God. Like, I mean, when they're born and you dedicate them and you give them to God. And as mums, we say that we do. Uh But I think there's that little part of us that just holds on to them like, you know, God, these are my kids and I need to do this for them and I need to do that for them. And I've learned over the years that they need to rely and trust God more than they rely and trust me. Yeah. So I'm not the be all and end all because I'm not going to be here forever. I, I can't make all the decisions for them and that they they need to turn their reliance from me onto God. So how do you how do you kind of foster that? <laughs> <laughs> In private, I go, oh, God, please help me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I pray a lot for our kids. And, and I tell that to them. And they go, like, oh, Mom, I know. But I just think th- that's all I can do is release them to God and go, okay, God, you know, every time Jackson drives out of the driveway in his car, I'm like, okay, God, he's in your hands. Like there's nothing that I can physically do to protect him. You know, when our kids are little, you can actually physically protect them. But now as they're older, for me, it's just my prayer life has increased a lot for the kids. And also just, I guess, for me, that I would release them, that I would be a great mum that he's called me to be, that I wouldn't hold them back with trying to be controlled controlling and not controlling in a bad way but just controlling in a good way of the way that I think things should be which is not always God's way you know right no yeah and they'll resent it they don't love being controlled none of us do but yeah sure feels good to try to control (laughs) feels like it's gonna it's just nice to have everything in order but a few years ago Phil and I read um Danny Silk's book loving your kids on purpose okay and that absolutely changed the way we parent it was absolutely phenomenal book and it was just it you know it talked about age-appropriate consequences for actions or or non-actions. And it's just sort of, again, it's about releasing your kids at each stage of life to be who God has called them to be without putting up too many boundaries and roadblocks and controlling ways but to let them discover the world in, in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. Yeah, that book has really, really helped me let go of control and just give it to God. Okay, I'm putting that on my reading list. <laughs> my kids will thank you for it, I'm sure. They may not at the moment, but I'm sure when they're older. Yeah. Um, yeah. A big thing for you is that you're concerned about all the lies that women believe. You mentioned that mm-hmm. we are isolated. Yes. And that one of your focuses is to shed light on, on lies that we believe. Yep. So tell me about kind of your journey through that. I know for me that when I've gone through some really, really hard seasons, my first thing I do is isolate myself. So I don't necessarily want people to know what I've been going through or I might be embarrassed or I might be ashamed or, you know, that whole feeling of I should be able to cope with this. And so for quite a while, I isolated myself. And I really believe it's one of the enemy's tricks is to, for us to think that isolation is going to help. And it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. and often it's hard to, you know, to open up to people and be vulnerable But it's like, you know, once something's in the light, then the enemy's got no hold of it. And so, you know, there's so many lies we believe as women that, you know, we're not good enough or if if I was more like her, I'd be better. If I should be like her, I should be doing this. Or if my kids were well, you know, better behaved, then I'd be a better mum type thing. And they're just, it's not God's truth. And so many women start to believe these little lies about themselves that I'm I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or, you know, and they start to believe it as 
their truth, Mm -hmm. but it's not God's truth. Often we replace God's truth with our truth. So it's a little T as opposed to a capital T. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really passionate about releasing women into God's truth so that they will believe God's word about them and not the lies of the enemy. To be honest, it's a struggle some days for me. I get up and I look in the mirror and I just go, oh, really? Mm. And I'm like, you know, I start thinking all these things and God's like, ah, Kathy, that's not in the Bible. Where does my word say that about you? Mm. And I have to go, oh yeah. And so I I fill myself with scriptures and and worship music and God's truth about who I am. Mm. Because if I if I believe the lies, then I'm I'm not being who he's created me to be. And I want to, like, I want to honor him. Like, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. And so I am where I am because of past things that have gone on. But I'm exactly where he wants and needs me to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really passionate about instilling that into young girls. Yes. So I've got a young girls retreat coming up in March next year. Okay. The first one I'm holding, which I'm very, very, very excited about. It's one of these dreams that God gave me years ago that I put on the shelf and thought, oh, it's a great idea, but I don't know that'll ever happen. And it's happening in March. And it's for girls aged between about the age of eight and 12. And again, it's just instilling in them God's truth about themselves as opposed to what the world would tell them. Why that age? I think because once they're teenagers, it's almost too late. Once they hit those teen years, they're watching YouTube and they're watching the music videos and they're watching MTV and all those things and peer pressure. Mm. Like my teenager thinks that I'm old and she thinks that I'm just old and boring. Okay. Whereas the age 12 year olds are still, they think I'm cool. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, I could, I could actually, you know, market this. Right. Yeah. You are listening. Yeah. And, and, but it's, it's also that whole thing of getting to them before the world does. Girls are getting exposed to things earlier and earlier and earlier. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just getting God's truth in them about who they are and who he's called them to be from an early age. It's like with my Gracie, you know, I'm forever telling her she's great and she's awesome and I love her and God loves her. And it's like some days I tell her so much, she's like, yeah, mom, I know. But she does know, you know, and there's so many other girls out there who struggle through their teenage years like I did again, with the lies of the enemy telling them who they should be or who they shouldn't be. And it really upsets me. Yeah, well, I'm so excited about the retreat you have coming up. And Mm. tell the story of the books you got at the Declare Conference. Oh, my goodness. Winter Pitts has written a devotional for girls of that age. Mm -hmm. And when we were at the Declare Conference, I knew that this was something that I wanted to do. And as we came back from dinner one night, there was the book on our seat. And I looked at the book and I just went, oh, my goodness, God, this is exactly what I need for my retreat. Like, I just got so excited. Mm -hmm. And so everybody at my table gave me their books because they knew my heart and so I had like five copies of this book and I was just so excited Mm. and then once the speaker had finished um, the MC got up and said oh look Winter is here if you'd like to meet her Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my goodness, I need to meet this woman who, you know, has written this book. So I went up and introduced myself and started telling her my heart behind what I wanted to do. And she had tears in her eyes and she started telling me her heart behind writing the book. And yeah. I had tears in my eyes and I'm just like going, oh my goodness, God, this is such a God connection. And mm-hmm. and I said to her, I said, look, how do I buy some more books? Because shipping things to New Zealand is really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. And so I thought if I could get just a couple more books while I was there, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. then it would work out cheaper for me. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, I think we have some leftover from the Declare Conference. You can have them. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'll buy them. I'll buy them. She's like, no, 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 you can have them. Please have them. And I was blown away. I'm, I'm you know, thinking to, to myself, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have like 15 copies of this book. Mm-hmm. Unpacked my suitcase when I got home and I had 60 copies. Wow. And I'm like, God, you are so amazing. Just wow. it's the exact thing that I wanted and to be blessed with all these books and to meet Winter mm-hmm. was just absolutely phenomenal. That's wonderful. And what what's her connection to War Games? No, War Room, not War Games. <laughs> yeah. Her daughter's in it. So her daughter, Alina, is the daughter in the movie. Okay. Yes. I knew yeah. she was connected somehow. Yes. I love yes, that so. story. I mean, it's just so encouraging. God God knew your heart. God knew her heart. God put you in Dallas, Texas at the same time. I don't know. I know. And it's just like God knew this even before I went, you know, sometimes we can doubt his plan for us. Mm. And then things like this happen. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He knew all along that that's what I needed. And that's the encouragement that I needed and the books that I needed. And just it was just that boost I needed to do it, you know, to make it like, yeah, he's he's heard your prayer. He goes before us. Yeah, he's making a way. Mm-hmm. I love that. This was a dream that I'd laid down years and years and years mm. ago, thinking that it had died. And then God just resurrects it in his timing. That's great. Yeah. One of my favorite verses. Um, is Psalm 37, 23. And it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. I'm a detail person. I think you are too. Uh And that brings me so much comfort. It's not just hodgepodge randomness. He is a God of details. Absolutely. He's faithful to us and he loves us, you know? And and also 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. Like Mm -hmm. he's for us us and he's detail oriented like that to me is just beautiful (laughs) yeah it just makes me go I don't have to do this all myself you know yes I don't have to be in control yeah (laughs) when you were talking about um lies that women believe a mentor of mine in college just asked me one question one time and it has not left me in college wow was a long time ago um (laughs) but she just said what would Jesus say if he was sitting on a couch with you right now yeah what would he say to you and you know in your head Satan tells us all these things and we believe uh-huh. them because we kind of don't realize we're being fed lies. Yeah. We're absolutely. just going about our day, yeah. you know. And But when you sit and think, what is what would the Lord say to me right now? It's just him and I. All of a sudden you realize, hold it. Those things are lies. Like he wouldn't yeah. say that to me. Yeah. I don't know. I just I felt like that was a, a great question that kind of boiled it down. And, and like you said, you can say that is not in the Bible. Those are not God's words over yeah. me. Yeah, it's so true. And it's actually quite dishonoring for us to contradict God's word. You know, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you read Proverbs 31, which I just love, you know, Mm. it describes an awesome godly woman. And so for us to tell ourselves that, oh, we're just a failure or we're not worthy or we're not good enough or if I was just like her, I'd be better, Mm -hmm. actually dishonors God's word, you know? And so for me, that's actually been quite a wake-up call to go, actually, I want to honor God's word and so I need to believe his truth about me. And some days that's hard. Some days I don't feel his truth, you know? Some days I still struggle. For me, it's a constant choosing every morning that, you know, when I get up, I'm not going to be a victim, that I'm going to be a victor, and that I can do this. And in, in God's strength, I can do it. So good. Good yeah. stuff, Kathy. You're you're a great pastor's wife. You know oh, that. thanks. Yeah. So I have one final question for you. What are you not able to stop talking about right now? Christmas? <laughs> yes, I kind of had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but it's 
48 sleeps and it's just <laughs> I've you know I've been playing my Christmas music secretly for a little while and it's it you know it just, secrets. it just makes me happy like I, I don't know what it is it's it's not the commercialism it's not the presence it's just I don't know there's so many songs about Jesus and what's your very favorite Christmas song it would have to be Mary did you know okay who who's your favorite person that sings it oh Cutlass do a really really good version and last year pentatonics put out a version which just brings me to tears okay what was the first person you said cutlass oh cutlass okay yes all right sorry is it my accent <laughs> well i wasn't sure um i was trying to make it sound like a first and a last name of a person <laughs> What do you guys eat on Christmas? What's your New Zealand thing? Well, a, a lot of people in New Zealand, because it's hot, mm-hmm. where they'll have a barbecue. Okay. And a lot of people do roast lamb. Interesting. Um, I guess I love American and, and I love American traditions, and so we always have turkey. Okay, you have turkey. But my, my dad is Danish, so we incorporate some Danish traditions into that as well. Okay. So it's kind of a Kiwi, American, Danish kind of Christmas. Just a hybrid. I love it. Yeah, well, yeah. We kind of, I take the best bits out of all of them and put it all together and we just, yeah, I love it. And because it's the middle of our summer holidays, mm-hmm. everybody's relaxed and, you know, quite often on Christmas Day we'll go for a swim or go for a, you know, a, a walk through the bush and just, yeah, just enjoy the summer. Okay, I'm so sorry. Tell me about a walk through a bush. What What, what does that entail? A bushwalk. Tell- you know, like. No, I don't. Like going. <laughs> Like going for a hike? Okay, so the bush... Is that what you call it? Well, I don't know. You're just walking through nature and... Yeah. Okay. Like like, kind of like through a forest, but not a forest, through like native bush. Okay, that's... I want to start saying that. How do I say it again? Go for a bush walk. I love that. I want to do that. That just sounds so much... Do you so not much... do that? Well, we just don't call it that. We say we're going maybe going for a hike or... Going for a walk? Do you say going for a walk or does it have to be in a, bu- a bush walk? Well, no, you just, yeah, you call it a bush walk. <laughs> I mean, if you're going for a long time, you'll call it a tramp. A tramp? <laughs> I think it's wonderful. <laughs> you go tramping, but like tramping is for like over a few days. But if it's just for a couple of hours, it's just a bush walk. Yeah, if we go tramping, it's not something we tell people <laughs> that we're doing. It's not good. No, I feel like I sound really weird. <laughs> no, I, no, I really, I don't, I didn't want to bring up any different words that you said, but it's just wonderful and I love it. <laughs> okay. Fully loving it. No. Okay. So a bushwalk. Yeah. I'm going to start saying that. Okay. So my husband the other day, he couldn't think of the word for a, um, and now I can't think of the word for it. A treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. So he just called it a walkabout. <laughs> And then just kept talking. He's got this freedom with words where he just will insert any word and continue the conversation and leave the rest of us going, what? Oh, that's so cute. You went on a walkabout? Is walkabout Australian or New Zealand? Yes, that is very Australian. Oh, okay. Like, I'm sure some people in New Zealand do do it. And what's the difference between a walkabout and walking in a bush or bushwalk? Uh, I think a walkabout is, like, longer. Is that, like, trampy? Uh, oh. I thought if you went on a walkabout, you were kind of walking for, like, ages. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, we're going to need to Google this. I've never been on a walkabout. <laughs> Me either. Me. Wow. We have so much to learn. But I have been on lots of bushwalks. <laughs> I love it. I just love when you say that. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, Gabby. Well, Next anyway. Next time I go on one, I'm going to think of you. Please. And laugh like you know I would if you would just would say it. Or you could it. come and visit and I'll take you on one. I know. Good luck with that. Or you could sail over here. That's true. Oh my gosh, my husband. 
I hope he doesn't listen to this or we'll be on a boat in a couple of days. Awesome. Funny. Oh, well, Kathy, thank you so much for talking to us. Very, very good stuff. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) Bye. I continue to be amazed at the amount of topics that we cover in one little episode. Oh my goodness, I'm still laughing about the bushwalk versus walkabout conversation. I could listen to Kathy talk all day long. So what will you do with today's conversation? Do you want to make some fitness goals for the new year? I love Kathy's freedom about her real motives for doing a half marathon. To prove people wrong and to get to eat more McDonald's. That's just priceless. Maybe you want to get more real with someone this week and break down some walls you've seen forming in that relationship. In Kathy's case, losing all her notes before her big talk wasn't the way she wanted to be real, but it it accomplished a lot and God really used it. Maybe you take a few moments and reflect on the ways God's provided for you sweet things just because He cares. I love, love her story about the free books and meeting Winter Pits at the conference. I actually had the opportunity to watch all that unfold and it was a sweet reminder to me as well that God is near and He's really good to us just because. My strategy to struggle well this week is to choose three lies that I believe about myself and find out what God actually says instead. I'm going to write the lie and then I'm going to write the truth under it that refutes the lie and post it on my home office, which is actually my closet, as reminders to myself. As always, head over to momstrugglingwell.com for the show notes, which has all the links to everything we talked about today, and go ahead and find me on your favorite social media situation, and we can chat. I really love hearing from you. Have the merriest Christmas you've ever had, and I hope you have a great week of struggling well. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.